When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, I got the thumbs up. That means we start now three two one what's up al oh hi there jerry i did end up last night watching that uh, we are the world documentary oh cool we talked about this yesterday yeah huh? uh, i don't want to give anything away or anything but i will say it was worth it it was interesting to me it was uh they had good footage uh and then they also you know talked to some people today that were around that the, like Bruce Springsteen is in it today right. talking about his experience. Isn't there. Lionel Richie in it today? Lionel Richie's in it today. Sheila E. Wow. They interview. Yeah. Uh so a couple of things I wasn't aware of with it. And uh so that was fun. The the Bob Dylan stuff is very interesting and I know you like Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. so that'll be um intriguing okay. I, I think for you, Jerry. Yep. And it's also cool just like man, like the that era of the 1980s, like that was 1985, mm-hmm. man, there was some cool music, like n- just a ton of hits. Yeah. From a wide variety of people, which I don't think we All get. different genres. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Huey Lewis. Yep. Like Huey Lewis, Bruce Springsteen, then you have Cindy Lauper, Madonna was huge, yep. Prince, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie. There's some of the greats of all time. Yeah. Then they even had like Kenny Rogers, right? So it was a different genre. It was just I feel like I feel like the record charts back then looked a lot different as far as variety than it does today. It just feels like it's different. Yeah, it's just you. I don't think you're not interested in a lot of the music today, right? And that's kind of part of it. I mean, you can make the case that there's more artists and platinum selling artists than ever now, um, based on Spotify and Apple Music and the way we consume it now, but. It, it's just different. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, and music is one of those weird things. Like, it happens to every generation where you look back and go, oh, no, that was... Like, I'm sure in the 1980s when I was rocking out to Huey Lewis you and ZZ Top... Our parents thought Dion was amazing right. with the Turtles and, yeah. the, right, this and is the Four no, Tops. Yeah, this is no Elvis, I'll tell you that right, right now. For sure. You know? I think that's very true. So, I think that's true with sports teams, too. Yeah, you know, greatest of all time, Patrick Mahomes. Really? Because growing up, it was Joe Montana. And before that, it was Jim Brown. You know, for me, it was Barry Sanders. It's all, there's all recency bias with all of it. It, it is also true, I think, with music. They say that the music that stays with you, even if you're somebody who, like, I still listen to new music. Right. I don't listen to pop music, but new 
Like Green Day has a new yeah. record out. Foo Fighters yeah. always put stuff out. And I, so I do listen to new music. But the music that is your core is your high school years. Mm-hmm. You think that's true that. for you? It is. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Because you're talking for me, mm, maybe a little bit more beyond that, but it certainly started in high school yeah. because, you know, we, we're talking early 90s. So, yeah, there, even though I was never a big Nirvana fan, the Nirvanas of the world, Pearl Jam, starting there, um, the Chili Peppers, yes, those are still, that is still the type of music that I prefer to any other. I need a documentary, maybe there is one out there, that shows, like, the shift in, the shift to when Nirvana hit and how that shifted, how everything shifted after that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to know. Like that far, style of music? Yeah, just, like, how how radio started playing it. That's what I'm curious about, right? Because prior to that, you know, K-Rock was running, uh, it was Howard Stern all morning, classic rock all day. Mm -hmm. And they flipped at one point in the 90s Mm -hmm. to alternative music. But by that point, there were so many bands that you could fill out. How did they become popular? Yeah, but you could fill out a a radio station because it wasn't just Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nine Inch Nails. Mm -hmm. And there was a ton of them, right? And there were. That you could then have a whole... And a lot of them genre. had similar sounds. Yeah. Not all of them, but some of them had similar sounds. Some of them very unique. Like, as soon as you started playing that new Billy Joel song this morning, it sounded like Billy Joel. It sounded like a Billy Joel song. There are certain bands that just sound like them. Yes. You know? Yeah, I like when a band has a signature guitar sound. Okay. Like, you can tell, like, a Keith Richards stones guitar mm-hmm. because they're even tuned differently they they, they tune them differently it's like zeppelin that similar thing van halen mm-hmm. that's true i wish i could play the guitar man i tried so many different times oh really you ever get lessons i did when i was living in basking ridge i went for lessons it's just, just jerry i can't get my fingers like there's I can't get my fingers on the correct strings without touching the other strings. And that's what's so amazing when you see them. The greats do it so flawless and effortlessly. Especially like Jerry Garcia had stubby fingers. How are you not touching all the other? I don't know. I I, don't, I can't figure out, and you can you can explain this better than I can. I can't figure out how you play the piano. With um, It's not, I mean, on one hand I get it because I can type without looking. So yeah. I do understand right. that. Right, that's what you got to get to. But God damn, there's a lot of them all in a row. At least with the typewriter, I've got three rows of keys. There's not, it's really not that much. I guess you'd say the same thing about the piano. I look at the piano, like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. What's funny too with the typewriter, like knowing, you know, keyboards yeah. and stuff. You ever like, without looking, you put your hand down, you just start typing yes. and you look up and it's complete nonsense because you're one key off? Uh, sometimes I've done that. Sure. Occasionally. Sure. Yes. I, especially when you get a different keyboard yeah. that's set up slightly different than what you're used to. Absolutely. Yeah. That is very true. You're right, though. We did get to that point somehow. Yes. And I think you could get, you know, I, I do I think you could become a master guitarist? No. No. Could you get to be a competent player on a Saturday night strumming as people are walking by? Yeah, you probably could if you had the proper instruction. Yeah. And training and repetitions. Well, that's why I went to the piano, because I couldn't get my fingers properly on the guitar strings. So there were certain chords that are in a lot of songs that the fingering looks insane. It's just not working for you. Where on the piano, it's not. It's 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 all in the same little. I don't know. And it's then just, you got some of the greats that do it over their head, behind their yeah. head. Like what the hell? 
not only that, I'd say like a guy like Eddie Van Halen who plays uh, the uh, guitar like a crazy horse. Then all of a sudden decides, I'm going to play the piano, keyboard, yeah. same in with the same... Very musically talented. Yeah, very musically very talented. Very musically talented. I think that's the thing. Like, if you know how to play an instrument really well, you could probably move to other things. Right, you got the baseline knowledge of what it's supposed to sound like. Although I heard if you try to, like, play a horn, like, it blows your lips out. Okay. Like, it, like you will, like, have damaged lips in the early. You now they say, like, your finger's callous with the guitar. Sure. That your lips get blowed out. Well, let's not uh, blow out any horns. Yeah. Like, if I showed up one day with just blown-out lips, you might be like, he's trying to learn the trumpet. Let him live. Either that or he's sucking on cucumbers too hard. Or doing that. Yeah. Well, it's one or the other. <laughs> this owes the mentalist who is in, Jerry. Yeah. I'm really thrown off. I was too. I'm thrown off because... I'm more thrown off that Eddie's not impressed by him. Like, it's really bugging me. Well, who cares? We all have our things. No, but but to say... He must, yes, he must have a system, but there's also got to be some part of him, I do believe this, that has to be able to read my mind. It has to. You can't say to somebody, pick a number between one and a hundred. Al, I'm with you. And just by looking at me, and I think in my head, 73, and then you wrote down 73. Like I feel like I can not explain, but I can understand or at least comprehend a few of the things that he did yeah, say. I really I do. But there's just, like I said on the show, there's a couple of them that are beyond my comprehension yeah. that simply don't make sense to me. They just don't. So I think maybe I'll go on YouTube today and see if I can find like a, a debunking situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm for sure that. there. I'm sure there's videos out there that will show you how it's done. Doesn't mean everybody can do it. Doesn't mean it's easy. I'm sure there is some sense of reading body language and facial expressions, yeah. but we're talking about pinpointing a number one. You're, it's a one percent chance that he and. Listen, I could have been a complete tool bag when I said Drew Pearson. I could have been, no, no, no. I was thinking Michael Irvin, same 88. I could have, but that's not what I was thinking. That's not what, yeah. I, I would say if you are, if you are a guy who has a hard time meeting women, if you could figure out a couple of these magic type situations and you show up to a bar oh, or a party, away. it would be amazing. Yeah. So a hell of a way. It's a great icebreaker. And then you could wow them. Yeah, why didn't I try to do that? I don't know. Years it's not, ago. It's not too late. You're only 54. Well, I'm a, I have a girlfriend, Jerry. Oh, true. But I'm saying, like, when I was, like, in my 20s and I couldn't get anything going on. You want to take magic lessons? Yeah. Excuse yes, me. I do. Would you like to see a trick? No, get away from me, you creep. Like, if I went up to a, a girl in a bar when I was, like, 25, a smoking hot chick, because you could approach them if you have a skill. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, I'm thinking of a number between uh, write it down and I have it written down. That girl would be talking to me all night long. Probably. Right? You would. it's interesting. You might mesmerize her. Yeah. Like, I couldn't. I'm sitting there staring at this guy like, how the hell is he doing this? Right. I know. Because I, mes- I do agree that there are explanations for them. Now, let me ask you this. What they are, I don't know. Oz is married, he he told me. Okay. Do so you think he tells his wife this? What how he does this? And then if so, what if there's a divorce in the future? Now all of a sudden she's give, revealing all secrets. It's a good question. Right? You should have asked them. You had him here. Yeah, I'm just thinking of it now. Or if he breaks up with his his coworker. Right. 
right, his friend here. His friend came in with him. He's also in the magic industry. Yeah. I'm sure they all share things. So like, maybe there's something going. All I know is I'm I'm fine just being fascinated by it. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to feel like I got to get to the bottom of it. It's a, it's it's entertainment. It's really cool. It's hard to do. Don't know how he does it. Don't care. I thought it was great. I was telling uh, the one guy who was here with him, his friend, I was telling him about Craig when Craig was trying to get into doing magic. Sure. And Craig used to go to the magic store in the city. He and his kids were, were trying to learn magic. And Craig did know some card tricks. Yes, he did. And then Craig would occasionally do, which I loved, if we were going, like, like we're heading to the Super Bowl, so there might be a place where there's a big dinner where Craig would have the restaurant put a bowl of, like, oranges on the table that so when people get there, there's just, you know, it's about the, and Craig would put a card into a orange. He would slice the orange thinly and put a card and somehow get into it just randomly while at dinner. And then someone would open the orange with the, the card. And it, it was really cool. But you knew how he was doing it. I knew how he was doing that part, yeah. but so many other things are just. Craig was always great for the icebreakers. Yeah. When we were out. What do you think would be more impressive to picking up chicks, Jerry? Magic, but like where you can go in a bar. Um, being able to play a acoustic guitar that happens to be laying around. Piano. Mm. Or impressions. I think the piano. Really? I do. I think there's something about if you're out and you jump on the piano, it's a sing-along type of instrument. People gather around it. I mean, you make the case for the guitar, too, sitting around the fireplace and just strumming. That yeah. as well. But there's something very elegant and very cool about playing the piano well. Yeah. So I would choose the piano. It's interesting on YouTube to see people, guys who play the piano really well, that are poorly dressed. I like that combination. Because you'll see a guy sitting at a beautiful piano in a beautiful room. He's got, like, work boots, a hoodie. That looks like... He's not in a tuxedo? Yeah, yeah. Like, that guy, you wouldn't expect to be at a beautiful instrument like that. I see videos of this guy on YouTube. I think his name is Will Cullen. He uh, just goes around college cities with uh, college towns with his guitar and just waits, looks for girls just sitting down. Groups of girls are one. He'll just sit down and, hey, may I play you a song? Give me a song. Who who do you like right now? And the girl will be like, Morgan Wallen. Oh, I well, love Morgan Wallen. Give, give me a Morgan Wallen song. And she'll give a song, and he just starts playing it. Knows how to play it. And talented. knows the lyrics. Yeah, talented. Talented. Well, there's songs you know the lyrics of, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, sure, again, he knows apparently a big... So he must really practice a lot. Right. He must have a big uh, library of knowledge in his mind, a big catalog. But, I mean, you you know your share, too. Yeah, there's also something about, like, you know, Sour Shoes, who calls in yes, here sometimes. Yep. He calls Howard Stern a lot, and, and he is old, he has a keyboard, and mm-hmm. he can play anything. There's something, too. There's, like, a part of the brain that controls music, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be. Because there's some people that just have a knack for it. The same way, same way there are gifted athletes. Yeah. You know, we all, you would like to think we all do something well. But how do we find it? What if we aren't doing anything well right now? How do we how do we figure you're, out what our thing is? You feel like you're falling in that category? <laughs> I feel like you're probing me now for <laughs> what do I do well? How do I get out, Jerry? <laughs>
Yeah, like, well, how do we know? I guess you got to pick up a guitar every now and then. You got to sure. um, experience. You got to grab a deck of cards and see if it could do some tricks. Experience is everything in life. That's and, why I always love telling the story about which we which we have. Yeah, about how my son did the ventriloquism. Yeah, did it in front of a few hundred people and then dropped it. I was like, all right, I'm good. I did it. What's next? He did his ventriloquism. Like, Man, dude, right. you want to stick with this? No, I'm good. He could okay. have become a modern day ventriloquist. He could. I mean, yeah, I he did that. Right before the pandemic, I believe it was in 18. I think it was in 19. I think I want to say it was April of 19. I think if he would have stuck with that now in 2024, I probably, I could probably be booking him at parties and stuff. Yeah. Like for real. He'd be five years into being a ventriloquist. Like he got, he got good at it. Yeah. And he's not shy in front of a crowd. Nothing phases him. He would have been good at it. He did it, accomplished it, moving on. And now he's moving on to the next thing. He doesn't yeah. want to. He didn't want to put a lot of time into that. Which you uh, I guess do. I guess he just got tired of it. Yeah, you know. Now he's putting all his time in the golf. You know, I mean, he's right. changed his interests. That's the thing. This you really got to pick something that you're going to work on because otherwise, like, there in order to become really good at something, you can't have multiple things. True. Right. Though I don't want to burn him out on anything either. Yeah. I told them by sophomore year, pick one thing. But right now, keep it open. You know, I just, I don't want to, too much baseball, he's not going to want to play. Too much golf, I don't want to grind him into the ground there. But you're right, you want to become an expert or a pro, or you got to put the time in from a very young age. And I've never been one to just like, I just don't want to grind the kids into the ground and and, and lose the, the enjoyment of it. Right. That's been me anyway. Yeah, no, I think that's the right move. Mm hmm. Jerry, when I say the phrase journaling, does that mean anything? Journaling? Journaling. I have no idea what that means. Like if I say, Jerry, Jerry, do you journal? Would you, you mean know? like write? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I've write. never heard anyone say that before. Well, you've not you been around journaling? a lot of sophisticated people like myself. Journaling, like where you are writing down things, mm-hmm. not to share with anyone. Yeah. Just to, for yourself. Yes. Self-reflective mm-hmm. I did that for three years. You did? Mm-hmm. How often would you write? Every night. You would? Yes. And what... I did it because my heart doctor told me, you remember going back wow. to 2017. Yeah. When I had the, my doctor sent me to the emergency room, didn't like the way my heart was beating. Um, on a, a Wednesday or whatever, I was supposed to work all week with Boomer and Mark Mark told me to stay home um, when I went to the, see the, the heart doctor. Wow. And the... They told me, the cardiologist, he told me uh, after I had gone to the hospital, everything checked out, I, but I had a follow-up, um, went through a battery of tests. Everything was okay, but the doctor thought I was operating under a high stress level, which I was, mm-hmm. um, and told me to try and relieve some of that stress to write every night. So I did it, and I actually enjoyed doing it for a while, and I actually stopped doing it during the Ironically enough, when you would think people would do it, I stopped doing it during the pandemic, actually. Would you write by hand or type? Oh, by hand. Really? Oh, yeah, in a book. Yeah, I actually just ripped all those up. I had little black books, mm-hmm. um, and I read some of them. It's crazy, like, where your mind is. Yeah. Um, but I stopped in, I'll tell you, what, actually, when I stopped, it was right after Matthew had a seizure, and it was in between that day and before he had a surgery, somewhere in, like, April or May, I stopped. Yeah, I did it for about three years. And you were doing it around the same time every day? Like for the most part. I mean, I would miss a night here and there. Yeah. 
But yeah, it was usually when I would uh, go to bed, which was earlier than everybody else. Um, before I would go to sleep, I'd write sometimes a paragraph, sometimes five pages. Yeah. Some crap that happened during the day, stuff that drove me nuts, things I liked. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. And you felt like you got something out of that? I I don't know. Not sure. I don't know. Sometimes it felt good to just get it out there, even though it's not off your chest to anybody else. You're kind of expressing it. Um, did it help me? I don't know. I honestly think what helped me was stopping to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. This is what, I was right very after stressed out. Craig uh, yeah. had his issues and was gone. Yeah, I feel much more equipped to do something like that now. If I had to, because if you remember at the time, I had only started recently really doing shows. Like pff, crap, I went a decade without hosting shows, and then I started very little, little by little, filling in for them, but not much. And then it went zero to sixty to. You're in the chair every day until we tell you you're not. And it was hard. It was, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. You know, lost hair. <laughs> Took lost a very, hair. very deep breath at 10 o'clock every yeah. morning. I'm sure you remember that. It was tough. Yeah. Got I, into a rhythm. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. But it took me, I, I, all kidding aside, about, it about the time G was named is when I finally started feeling comfortable. Like there's know? an end. Maybe but that's that way, why, or yeah. because maybe that. No, I think just having done it. Oh, the reps. I, you know what I felt comfortable was during that Yankee run against the Astros. It felt easy, and then that ended, and it got a little more difficult. But I felt more comfortable doing it. Oh, for six weeks, <laughs> and that's when I ended up in the. Hall. I remember. I think it was like early October. I, I'm pretty sure, or maybe even yeah. late October was when I went to the hospital. For really nothing, as it turned out. Well, you didn't know. Except for stress. Yeah. A lot of stress. Right. Stress makes you think you're having a heart attack. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. I yeah, I remember sitting there thinking, what the hell are we doing? Four hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. What do we do? And then, you know, I'd have it all laid out, and Boomer would run through everything by 630, and I didn't know what to do for the next three hours. What else you got, Jerry? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm going to try this journaling thing. Okay. I did yesterday my first one. But there's an app on the iPad called Journal, I believe mm-hmm. it's called, where you can... Uh, it's a creative name. <laughs> yes. And it even, like, if you don't have any... I guess the purpose is to do it every day. Yeah, yeah. So there's even, like, if you go on there and you don't have anything to write about, it, it'll it pop up a question. Okay. To get you started. But I'm going to give it a shot and see if this is uh, helps me think through life. I think it will. Yeah. I mean, I think you will... Sometimes I think it's eye-opening to put something down on paper or into a document or whatever and then read it back. Yeah. And kind of see what you... And not necessarily at that time. Maybe a week later, maybe a month later to kind of go back and revisit where you were and what you were thinking and how come on this day I was so sick of sports. But on this day, I actually enjoyed talking about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or Eddie annoyed me one day. The next day I thought he was the greatest guy in the world. Whatever the case may be. I think it's good to go back and look, and maybe you find patterns to stuff. Yeah, maybe. My uh, the the reason why I I did this one, and I, this was my journal entry yesterday, was about what I'm trying to do is like so. I know the Vegas trip for me is is, is I'm a weird person with that stuff. I'm not a big traveler. I don't like being out of my comfort zone. All these things, but thinking about it and looking at it. 
the reality is you've got to be a crazy person not to be looking forward to this. Right. Right? So I wanted to write down all the great things about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to see if that helps. It helped when I was done with it yesterday. I was like, well, yeah. I'm a I pretty went, lucky guy. Yeah. Like, really? Like, when you write it down, like, wow. Like This is what I mean. Like, right. Well, there. Well, th- this would be a situation that when retirement hits or whatever, you go, wow, yeah. Oh, I got to go to Vegas. Got to go to a Super Bowl. Got paid to talk about the Super Bowl. You know, they put us up at a really nice hotel I didn't pay for. You know what I mean? Like where you, and again, like uh, high school Al is going to the Super Bowl. Right. Come on. But, yes, wake up. Right. So I want to train my brain to enjoy these experiences prior to going into it. Because yeah. if I go in blindly, I'll... I think you think too much about them. Yeah. Like, to me, get it off your mind. Yeah. Like if, all getting aside, if I really sat there and thought about like my weekend coming up, my head would explode. Oh, I know. That's what I understand. Like when I think about your weekend, I can't believe how it doesn't appear to affect yeah, I you. I don't think about it. In advance. I, I just think one step at a time. Like I know like in my head, I'm not going to lie to you. Today, I got to go drive down to Philadelphia right after I'm done here. Then I'm going to come home and I'm going to pick up my kids. We're going to go play golf. I'm going to get home. I'm going to take a shower and I'm going to bed at six o'clock tonight. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I have to go straight to get a haircut at noon because we're going to be away next week and I'm going to miss my haircut. I want to make sure everything's okay. Trim it up. Yep. Go for a haircut at noon. Get home. Pack for a Rutgers trip, get on a plane Friday afternoon, go to Ann Arbor, do a game Saturday at 4, hopefully be home by like 11 p.m. Saturday night, set my alarm for 5.30, pack, get to Eddie's house by 8.30, and then meet you guys at the airport. But if if I think about all of that, I don't. Right now in my head, go to Philadelphia. Right. That's the way to do it, I'm looking forward to golf today. I'm not even thinking about tomorrow. I know we're going to Vegas. I will worry about that when we get there. Right now? I'm yeah, good. I'm always amazed Like when I go, whoa, 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 who's Rutgers got this weekend? And you're like, hmm, I think we're going to Iowa. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, Jerry, I'd be locked in. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe i got to go to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, but you, the one thing about that, though, that's tricky or works to my advantage is there, the airport is completely cut out of the equation, which is where a lot of the stress you're comes right. in. That is a big stressor. Like, I literally tomorrow will... Get home after my haircut at one. I'll pack. I'm out the door at one forty. Get to Rutgers. Get on the bus. They take my luggage. My only responsibility is getting off the bus and walking up the steps to the plane. Like that's it. Yeah. There's no gotta park and figure out where. And I gotta be two hours before. Is security gonna be crazy? What am I gonna do waiting for the plane to? I don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. You're right. That is the bit. That is a big stressor. Makes it a lot. Just like Sunday mornings, gonna be much easier. Not going to the actual. It's just right. It's better. It is better, Jerry. Yeah. All right, Jerry. Let's do the warm up show. All right. Uh, tomorrow you'll I'm be back. back here at uh, five a.m. NBA edition of Cool Games. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, uh, Jerry. Uh, Trailblazers Jazz. Is this a cool game? Because <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't know anybody on these teams. I'll give me one guy from each team. <laughs> <laughs> Damien Lillard. Well, he's not on the Portland Trail uh, Blazers anymore. Where did he go? Oh God, he's on the Bucks now. Did oh, right, you not Milwaukee Bucks. At all? No, no, I heard that. Definitely that Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. So. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Well, good morning to you. Hi there. If I'm talking first, that means Jerry is not here right now, but Jerry will be here at 6 a.m. He was in place of Mr. Boomer Sison today. It'll be Gio and Jerry, but right now I have CeeLo. Good morning, CeeLo. Good morning, Al. Jerry may not be here in this studio talking into a microphone at the moment, but yeah. he is in the building. He oh, has yes. arrived despite a late tip at the rack last night for Rutgers. And yes. Them not cracking 50 points and taking another loss. The Rutgers didn't score 50 points for the game or the half? No, for the game. How do you not score 50 points in a basketball it's game? It's college hoops. Sometimes that happens. Really? Yeah. They lost uh, 61-46 to fall to 2-7 and seven in Big Ten play. 46 points in a men's basketball Against game. Against Penn State, yeah, at home. Wow, that's embarrassing. N- not ideal. That is embarrassing. Yeah. So that game tipped off at 8.30. Jerry probably got here. Uh, got here? Yeah, I'm uh, all, like got to his home at a oh, very late, God. very late start. Just a couple hours of sleep. Very late. Uh, what is your take, CeeLo, on this, um, you know, yesterday during the program, during a, a Boomer and Geo show, the article came out from The Athletic yes. about the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, it was like, oh, there's a, it's a hit piece. It's a, and we're going over it on the air. Jerry didn't seem very impressed by anything in it. Yeah. Well, he what, is more of an understated individual, wouldn't you say? Sometimes, but like... Every I started reading an article itself is way too long for me to read. It is. It was a long article. Yeah, but I saw a whole bunch of people uh, bullet pointing things mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. and I, it didn't seem like anything we didn't know. Do I you don't think, think there was true? anything earth shattering. I think it just further emphasized a lot of what we assumed or, or felt confirmed about mean, what's like, going on. Yeah, con- I guess confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Or emphasized, confirmed, underscored. Yeah, I mean, when you when all that stuff we know about the Jets and Rob Sala and Aaron Rodgers, on, and then reading this article, that's not this is not the makings of a winning team. I would agree. Yeah, so uh, I we, think that's the that's the takeaway, right? But I mean, <laughs> because this, Aaron Rodgers was brought here to turn the Jets into a winning team. Yeah, and I think oh. I think looking at this article as confirmation of things we had already heard. The idea that the Jets are going to be some sort of powerhouse 
AFC team next year. But Al, with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, most of us mm. were on board with the move. We were because we wanted to see that happen. Right, and but we're I, only not even a year removed from that happening. Right, but I think we saw what they really are in this off se- in this season with an injured Aaron Rodgers. Well, with an in double, that's the key. That's the key. Right, but I'm saying he like, wasn't supposed to be injured. Right, right, right. But but because he got injured, we saw who they really were yeah. and are, and we know deep down. That putting him behind center yeah. does not solve these other problems. Right. Putting lipstick on the pig. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we really needed the article or the Rodgers injury to show it. I mean, the Jets have been this now for their over a decade. Okay, so then we're going to go into the season, and it's going to be underwhelming. I would say the odds of that are strong. Right. And I think most Jet fans would probably admit that as well, and if then, they were being honest with themselves and us. And then Salah will be out. Yep. And maybe, maybe Joe Rogers, maybe Rogers. And we start yep. the whole charade again. Correct. Well, this was always going to be a short-term attempt. The old uh, hail mary, like yeah. I said, trying to slap uh, lipstick on the pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's crazy is they have some really good players, and they have a really good defense, and it's still where what you're saying right now. The odds are it's going to be underwhelming. Yeah, is still the case. Seems like bad leadership. It's that, and for the Jets, it always comes back to instability at the quarterback position. So Aaron Rodgers' career resume is, I mean, no one can poke holes in that, really, as it pertains to him being a good quarterback, better than anything the Jets have had in quite some time. But there's always something attached where it leaves you uncertain or unsure or there's a good chance why it's not going to work out. And that's been the case for, I mean, heck, with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez, it was less about, I mean, it was less about Mark Sanchez and more about the defense. Like, going back to Chad Pennington, really, is where we're at now. And he had his shortcomings and injuries and reasons why, you know, he never quite got them to the top. But, like, you think about some of these organizations and the, the stability they have at that position and how they can go long periods of time where they don't even have to think twice about what the quarterback situation is. And for the Jets, that's always what it comes back to. Like, what's the over-under for wins do you think going to be for the Jets? Like it's hard to answer near the season. Yeah, I mean you got to wait and see about the draft Seven? and free agency. I would, I would hope it would be north of that, but probably in the ballpark, maybe seven and a half. Yeah, usually you get the half number in there. Yeah, when you've got to make a decision. And a yeah, and that's you know that's not great either, considering what the expectations were heading into last season. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's hmm. gonna. It just. It sucks when you know we're here in February 1st, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct. Today is February 1st. And we already feel that the Jets tops are going to win eight games. I mean, this is where we're at. Yeah. And then we go around the, as Gio would say, the circle of turds or the the (laughs) wheel of turds. Like, this is what we're doing again. Yeah. And it, I mean... That's the reality of New York football. These last, save for that one little pocket of uh, enjoyment for the Giants with Brian Dable in his first year and the playoff win of the Vikings. I mean, that's about it. Yeah. 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 Now, yesterday I saw that the Jets have parted ways with assistant GM Rex Hogan. Yeah. Uh, were you aware of this guy uh, prior to this article? Yes. To me, like when you when I say the word Rex Hogan, Mm-hmm. Do you first think of Rex Ryan or Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Probably Hulk Hogan. You go Hulk. See, when I say here Rex, 
I don't know any other Rex than Rex Ryan other than Rex Ryan. All right. So I think because Rex the Ryan. Jets, you think of Rex Ryan. Well, what yeah, a cool name. He's Rex Ryan and Hulk Hogan. He's both. Yeah. Rex Hogan. Um, Goner. I'll tell you what. If he, if this was not a reaction to mm -hmm. that piece coming out yesterday, and he wasn't involved somehow, man, I'd be furious about the timing of that <laughs> you're gonna, story coming out. Yeah, because he's like, I, they just fired me, and everyone's gonna think well, I they, was the leak. They called it a mutual parting of ways. A mutual parting of ways. Uh -huh. Okay. But yeah, optics not great there. Yeah, it's weird. But it was interesting because the folks that put the story out all made sure to note that he's well respected in the scouting community, so on and so forth. So it's like, okay, let's say he was connected. It's like, all right, you, you screwed us, you leaked, you know, but on the way out, we'll we'll give you a little saving grace for your reputation yeah. and You're let fired. them know how, how well respected you are in the scouting community. Yeah. Rex Hulkamania. But maybe it had nothing to do with that. Maybe. But if that was the case, if I'm Rex Hogan, I would have been like, tell you what, why don't we hold off on a couple of days? Right. For Stop. You know what? Yeah. Stop paying me now, however that yeah. works. Right. And in I'll like leave. a month. Yeah. After this article kind of goes away. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. That's very bad timing for him. God. That stinks. And that's another leak. Not for you from the Jets, but like someone's got to go to these reporters with these stories. Yeah. I'm all for leaks. Like, you, and I know sometimes they get, we say they get it from the agents. Yeah. But why, like, what would be the upside from Rex Hogan's perspective and the, whoever represents him? Yesterday to go yeah, to I don't know. Connor Hughes and be like, hey, by the way. But this is what happens when <laughs> we, we look at uh, football teams, right? And you look at oh, how many players are on the roster, how many players are on practice squad, how many coaches there are in for each individual position. You get that many people out there, people leak. Yeah. Yeah. It happens for if sure. It, if you just had a head coach, an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, those there's no, there's no other place leaks can come from. We yeah. have like... The assistant to the quarterback's coach, the run game coordinator. I know. Come on. Yeah. I think what's concerning, and it's not just the Jets, because it just happened with the Giants as well, with the whole Dable Wink Martindale, and you had multiple pieces come out and the narratives from both sides, so on and so forth. But like for the Jets, and we went through the specifics of that one story in the in the article yesterday about Robert Sala after the Zach Wilson story came out and basically addressing his staff and trying to find out who the leaker was and threatening to take away their phones. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... Give me your phone. I'm picturing all that happening, and somebody still felt, yeah, he wants to find out who the leaker... And didn't feel any any nerves or any concern about potentially getting into trouble and still ran to either Diana Rossini or Zach Rosenblatt to give them this story. Yeah, I'm surprised, like, when some of these writers, like... uh Peter King or Diana Rossini, like when they retire, I would just start dropping all my uh what all, giving all, up your sources. Yeah. Like, hi, I'm Peter King. By the way, you know my sources Remember with the that Giants. Story? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's so and so. <laughs> Appreciate it. That kind of breaks that journalism code of ethics out. Yeah. You know? That mm. would be like, you know, saying the either the attorney client privilege or the, you know, the doctor and the patient, like after you retire. I'm just gonna <laughs> That guy Let's was keep on that up after the fact, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's someone within the WFAN walls that gives stuff to Andrew Marshan. So it might, so be, got mul might be multiple people. Could be agents, could be uh, well, if it's on agents, air, they're not behind within, They're scenes. not within the walls here if they're agents. Right, but, they, right, but they're, they're connected to people correct. within the walls. Connected. This is Mike Eskin! <laughs> 
<laughs> Spike Askin is not the leak. Oh, boy. Because there were leaks way before Spike Askin got 100%. here. 100%. Tell you yes. that right now. Yep. All right, CeeLo. O's the Mentalist will be here later I'm on I'm very today. much looking forward to this. 8 a.m. He's I coming was, in. I mean, I was going back and forth with Marash for hours after the show well, yesterday. He still just could not, would not stand down. Could not wrap his head around the point that we were all trying to make. <laughs> now, listen, I know he likes to dig in, and I yeah. made that point to Gio yesterday, but he also, anyone that's followed him either on the afternoon show now or followed him when he was with DA on the network side or on Twitter, how do I put this nicely? Um, he gets confused sometimes about basic concepts that, you know, most people but for real, are familiar he, with. I always feel like he's doing a bit. Oh, well, that's what I mean. So that's why sometimes it's hard to differentiate. Is this a bit or is this really just a shortcoming from him from a mental standpoint? So I legitimately think there's a chance, in addition to him now digging in and it being a bit, that he's confusing what mind reading is with hypnosis. Because he keeps talking about how O's got it wrong and he did the mind read wrong. And like, he's not understanding that, like, <laughs> this is simply O's guessing along or predicting what McCole Hardman's thoughts were going to be, not trying to impact or change McCole Hardman's thoughts in that moment. You right. follow what I'm saying? Yes. It wasn't like, oh, if he hypnotized him and said, I'm going to make you predict Jets, Niners, 31 21, that's different. Yes. So that's the part where I think he's getting confused. So but we've spent enough confused. time on that. My goodness. I don't know if he's confused or he's yeah, just being Yeah, I think he's doing a, a bit now. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Hmm. And then uh, what else did I have here, CeeLo? Oh, this, I'm finding now when I'm reading articles, and there were this has happened now. My brain has been trained to do this now. It used to be when you would uh, write an article or read an article that – all of the key information was in the first paragraph. Inverted pyramid is what Inverted they call that. Inverted pyramid. And mm -hmm. as you went further down, you got less and less information with mm -hmm. the idea that people read the first paragraph. Depends what kind of piece on. it is, but yeah. I'm finding now, in this new world we're living in, the opposite is true. For most articles, when I read the headline, my brain now skips the first three paragraphs, which is set up, and to get to what I what I want. Right. And it's more very of a, strange. More of a narrative or a mystery. Yeah. And it's building almost, to the climax. Yeah. We got to a point where I thought we were losing like uh, the ability to read long things, watch long things. You know, the people say our attention spans are shorter. But these articles now, <laughs> like, and there's, I, I could give you so many different examples. That it's not one, it's not like it's just pro football talk, but mm -hmm. they're one for sure. I see a headline on pro football talk. That should be the headline tells you the story, right? Uh, Patriots fire Bill Belichick. That's a nineteen paragraphs. Yeah. Wh why? I I don't know. So clicks keeping eyes on the page longer. That would be my guess. That's what I guess because yeah. I find that with YouTube as well. Yeah. You're like you want to do something on YouTube and you're like, oh, you know what? I need to learn how to. I need to um, uh, fix this part of my vacuum cleaner. I just need to figure right. out. You know what? I need to figure out where's the on button of this vacuum cleaner yeah. I just bought. Yeah. And you go to it. Where's the on button on the Dyson? 25-minute video. Right. Show me the button. Yep. Longer you stay on the page. I know, but I'm out for that. No, I know you are, but I think that I'm if out. I had to guess, the only thing that makes sense is yeah. the longer you're there, then there's got to be like a analytics report attached to that that brings in the advertisers that pay those people and put money in their pockets. And then sometimes you get the opposite. I legitimately saw a video yesterday called How to Change a Toilet 
a toilet, like the whole mm-hmm. toilet yeah. in 80 seconds. Sorry, I'm not changing the toilet out in 80 seconds. <laughs> right, they yeah, they give you the speed. There's a million edits in the video. Like It's all like yeah. quick hitters, fast. And you're like, wait, slow down. I got to see that. You got to rewind 17 times. Yeah, it's like the two extremes. You get one where it's like something that is complicated. Yeah. They show you, they give you no details. Yeah. And other things that's not complicated, way too many details right. to get to it. Right. So my brain now, when I go to read articles, I'm going to par- I'm starting at paragraph three. And sometimes I have to jump to paragraph four to get to the article. It's amazing that you're even doing that. You were always just, just I just read the headline. Didn't right. actually read the story. Well, I got burned so many times <laughs> just reading the headlines. It does, they don't mean anything. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. All right, CeeLo. When I, we come back, I want to talk about this new Panthers head coach, Dave Canales. I did not see this. I, I see it on your sheet. This is, yeah. Some, an interesting article came out about him, and this mm. one did require numerous paragraphs to read. Understandably so. Yeah. There's a lot to digest here. And then I've got a Todd Frazier one where this was this was a perfect example. I'm four paragraphs in before we get to the gist of the Todd uh, Frazier article. I opened this link this morning. Yeah. I haven't gotten to it yet, right. but I did see it. I was like, I want to circle back yeah, to that. circle but back. I haven't well, yet. Start a paragraph four. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, Jerry will be here in place of Boomer, and Geo will be here. It will be the Geo and Jerry show mm. with uh, Oz Perlman. That's what they say. It's Oz, not Oz. Oz, yeah. Oz. Oz the mentalist. Right? Did you like Ozzy Osbourne, or did you? were you a fan? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name is Al Dukes. I'm with CeeLo today. Jerry's in for Boomer. Uh, CeeLo in for Jerry, Eddie's in for Eddie, I'm in for me. What day is today? Today is Thursday, oh, Al. Thursday. That's February 1st. I like a Thursday. Groundhog Day right around the corner. When is that? Isn't that the third usually? Uh, I could have that We wrong. still don't it's consider tomorrow. that. Oh, tomorrow. There you go. The animal abuse that we is hold it? up. Uh, it, how's, I don't know. Don't I'm they sure. like take care of it? They have like a nice cozy You think hut, he lives a in a nice or hut or you think they just grab any like groundhog they find? No, I think Punk, Punk, Punk Satani Phil yeah. is um, like, you know, revered out there. Oh, okay. You think it's an actual well taken care of. one thing, one like animal. Uh, yeah, I mean, eventually, obviously it passes and they have to get a new one, but, you know. Do you think they let us know when the one Probably. passes? Probably. I don't know. Well, this is. Uh, I'm speaking out of turn. I have yeah, no you idea. Have no idea, do you? you <laughs> I did no recently idea. watch the uh, the movie with Bill Murray. Groundhog's Day. Yeah, well, just Groundhog. Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Is it the same day every year? Or is it always on a Friday? Same day every year, right? So it could be on a weekend. All right. Yeah, Very it's good. one of those things where people always will go. What is it? Groundhog Day around here? Oh, that's yeah. like the worst. Yeah. Like when you know, uh, when in reference to the movie. Yeah, just because it's like it's just one of those g- generic things people say. It's just so generic. Yeah. To go. Oh, the Jets lost again. What yeah. is it, Groundhog Day around? Oh. Kind of speaks to the impact, I guess, of that movie, though. That, or the genericness know? of most people. Right, but in order for it to are. be generic, then that means that movie, you know, enough people have True. to be familiar with the film. Good point, yeah. CeeLo. Yeah. Score one for CeeLo on yes, this sir. one. Yes, sir. So I wanted to give you an example. Uh, Todd Frazier. Here's the, here's the headline, CeeLo. Todd Frazier. This comes from Awful Announcing, Whom I Love. Todd Frazier recalls clash with Gary Cohen over negative coverage. Okay. I'm interested in that. They, so they did their job. They got you to come read the article. Correct. Mm-hmm. Paragraph one. Got me to open it to read. I, I think he's a net negative. What? Paragraph one. Okay. Uh, a quick thing about who Gary Cohen is. That's paragraph one. Paragraph two. He references that Gary Cohen once said, met 
Daniel Jones a net negative. Daniel Jones. We're now two paragraphs in. <laughs> Daniel and Murphy, just to Daniel Murphy. be clear. <laughs> Daniel Jones, like a buckle. <laughs> okay, so now we're two paragraphs they in. They referenced the, the net negative Correct. in the... In wow, paragraph okay. two. Uh, let's see. Paragraph three. Cohen is critical when he needs to be. Paragraph four. Todd Frazier used to play for the Mets and is now a, an analyst on Yes Network and was once in the Little League World Series. And pl- if you didn't know, it was from... Thomas River, New Jersey, just Correct. in case you never heard that story before. Paragraph five. five. Not only is it paragraph five, but I've now scrolled past 19 pop-up ads, <laughs> 19 different videos popping yep. up of people talking about things other than Gary Cohen. And this is what's wrong with online writing. Do you know what the editor or person in charge of Awful Announcing would tell the writer of this article? I don't know. You've done your job. Okay. Sad, but true. Good job. Sam Newman is the writer of this okay. article. So I scroll all the way down. Now, again, I got to get past all these videos yeah. and uh, pop-up. That ads. was me yesterday trying to copy and paste the content of the Jet article from the... You know, you yeah. used to have the printable option. By the way, you're paying for yeah. the athletic. No ads. Stop. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, some of it's ads. Some of it was photos, links to other... That's a, Double dip. They like to embed links to other yeah. stories so that you stay on their website and keep I would, clicking on their... Stories. I need to interview whoever runs Awful Announcing because this is just this is just an example uh-huh. because there's a million of them that do yeah. this. I want to know how much money they make from advertising. I bet a lot. I bet not a lot. Then then why? Exactly. And that's my See, question. That's why I had the answer has to be a decent it's amount. Not. It has to be a decent it's part pennies, of it. and yet so then they're where, still so going to annoy us. what's their revenue us. then? Where are they making their money? They've been around a long time now. They are. You rely on them. You I just do. said I, you I, love I, them. We, a lot of people this do. This is a... You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I grab some articles from here and we discuss. Uh-huh. They grab some things we discuss and make articles. Okay, you know that's fine. But in order for it's they beautiful. have to make money to, to have a website and to employ writers. I don't know. I, I'm t- I mean, it has to be what it doesn't we have just to discussed. Be. You could have, there's tons of websites that make no money that have writers. Tons. With Most their, of them. With their type of. Like reputation or yes. mainstream impact? That's correct. Okay. I don't see how that's possible, maybe but fine. May, uh, maybe someone else owns them and is feeding them the bills to Washing pay their, their money. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like, let's be honest. It's a little Breaking Bad situation there. Cut. We're on CBS Sports Network. Right. If CBS didn't exist, we ain't existing. You know what I mean? CBS is... Is daddy paying the bills? If CBS didn't exist, we. No, don't I'm saying exist. if CBS Sports Network was was not CBS Sports Network, they exist because CBS exists. Okay, you know I what I'm saying? It. Yeah. Without CBS Sports Network is the uh, the 30 year old son living in the okay, basement. Fine. So without daddy paying the bills upstairs. <laughs> okay. So what's upstairs for awful announcing? That's my question. I'll All have right. to look into that. Very good. I'll bore we've the got audience. yeah, we've gotten off track here. So what did Todd Frazier but say? Five paragraphs Cohen. in. <laughs> this is what Todd Frazier says. People kept telling me back home, this guy Gary Cohen is cutting you up. He's cutting the Mets up. I'm like, ah, that's what they do, you know. I start looking into it. Players are like, he's always done this. We can't stand it. And I went up to him one time and said, Gary, I got to talk to you, man. What the heck is going on? I thought you were a Mets fan. He's like, I am. And he got pissed off at me. I said, well, start rooting for us. Now, he says they went man to man. Mono, Imano. Like men do. Uh Uh-huh. And they worked it out. How'd they work it out? Well, they, they, Gary gave his point of view Uh of why he's criticizing and, uh, 
and uh, the, they Todd both, gave his they point both of view. Yeah, they both appreciated the other's perspective while also appreciating that mm-hmm. they went to each other. What a concept to do this. But it's interesting because a year or so ago, Geo had this yes inside information. Bring that up. Yeah, right. What was refresh my memory? I don't remember all the specifics, (laughs) but he yes, he had heard that. uh, Well, no, what what started the controversy was he had heard that I guess some of the players were rubbed the wrong way because they felt like not just Gary but also Ron and Keith, while having the ability to be very critical about the team, they felt like well they don't go down into the locker room enough to talk to the players, so on and so forth. Right, and uh, everyone, people on the inside said that was ridiculous. And but it's kind of confirmed here, isn't it? Um, I don't know if the not going down into the locker room part is right because he's in the locker room. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Got Todd it. sought him out. This is also this is several years ago now. You know, Todd's not been with the Mets for. Uh, does it say what year this took place in? Mm, no, and in fact, uh, in the article, they they try to. I mean, piece he was only it together. there for a short time, yeah. a couple seasons, so you can kind of figure out. What that might have been. But, I mean, look, it's also, and this is what, and I get it. If I were a player, maybe I'd feel differently. Yes. You know, no one likes to be criticized publicly, especially on television or whatever. But, like, it's not Gary Cohen's job to just root for the Mets. Like, we all know he's been a Met fan for, God, since childhood. But the same way we've got passionate fans call up here, critical of the team. Like, you know, that's that's part of it, man. Yeah, you can't be a homer. Yeah. Like we hear the broadcasters on, that are homers get laughed at, or the, the, their reputation takes a hit. I think you get more homers in NFL broadcasts, guys that are doing on those the radio, games. yeah, on the local radio, radio yeah, yeah, local radio, mm-hmm. because there's fewer games. Like Gary Cohen can't sit there and act like everything's great with the Mets when you're sitting there for 162 games, right, especially in some seasons where they're awful, where they stink. <laughs> like you're way, not fooling anybody if you're trying to act otherwise. In 2010, Awful Announcing was acquired by the Blogian, Blogon <coughs> Network. Who? That's correct. Okay. So, yeah, I'm curious. I'm going to look into this. All right. Uh, I don't... And again, we like them. Yeah, yeah. We love the Blogon <laughs> Network. <laughs> I just... So, I'm just... Oh, I, I just... Something inside me, I know things, CeeLo. I know pop-up ads do not generate money. They can't. If they did, newspapers would be free online and uh, be doing really well. Instead, you got like the New York Post has to put on the bottom of any article like, what does Winnie from the Wonder Years look like now in a sexy bikini? If you're doing that, something's wrong with the business model. Okay. I don't disagree. I just think there has to be a reason and a strategy behind what awful announcing and other websites. Others, yeah, doing. I'm used using them as an example Correct. just because they're, they're right in front of my face and yes. I enjoy them. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll look forward to you getting to the bottom of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my investigative team on it. You should it. do a documentary on I'm it. I'm going to see if Diana Rossini and the other fellow will uh, look Zach into Zach Rosenblatt. The, Zach Rosenblatt. Mm-hmm. Two of them did this. They, uh, do you think they worked together or they did separate and then they came together? Like Diana was like, here's Zach. This is what I have. Zach goes, oh, here's what I have. So they're not talking to the same people? I think what you just described, yeah. 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 I don't think it would make sense to have two writers, two-on-one, these sources, you know? (laughs) That's true. Good point. (laughs) Sit them down in an interrogation room with a bright light? No, I don't think so. Would you be more apt if you were a player to talk to and give inside info to a female reporter, (laughs) a male reporter, or it wouldn't matter? I don't. It probably wouldn't matter. 
I think it would just come down to, you know, trust who I felt comfortable with. Yeah. Prior relationship, that sort of thing. Mm. But I mean, Zach is a more of a regular beat writer that covers the Jets. So he's uh, was there throughout the course of the season, all the press conferences, locker room, so on and so forth. Whereas I, you know what? I can't speak to what Diana's role is since she's come aboard the athletic, but obviously she came in as more of a national, you know, television presence from ESPN. Yeah. So my guess is, you know, she probably has more like widespread league sources or front office sources. That's pure speculation on my yeah. part, by the way. I have no idea. Okay. But the reason why you would have those two come together instead of it just being Diana's story or Zach's story would that probably because of the nature of like they probably both have, for lack of a better phrase, their area of like expertise yeah. or strong points as far as their sources go and their relationships. Yeah. I think if I was a player or a coach wanting to leak some information out, I would definitely go to someone who I considered a veteran, right? Which, sure. the, the, which Diana's certainly yeah. getting to, like a Peter King. I would trust. Mm-hmm. I'd be like this Peter King's been getting inside information forever. He's never revealing the sources. Yeah. And I feel like with Peter, you know, it's less about like breaking stories. He's more about, I feel like he gets really good access after these games. Like he's more about, I think, the storytelling aspect. Yeah. In the aftermath of these games, right? That's what MMQB was, or you know, his column when he, whatever it's called now, or what it was once called. Like right after these games, hey, I talked to Dan Campbell on the phone for an hour or whatever, you know. So it was less about anonymous sources, but more that one-on-one access to the coaches or the players and being able to go deeper on what was happening in these games. Who, Peter King? Peter King. The People against the ethical treatment of animals. Yeah. All right, we come back. Let's do that story about uh, the new Panthers head coach. He was addicted to porno. (laughs) I'd like to talk about that. Did not see that one coming. (laughs) Pun intended. (laughs) But first, CeeLo, great friends, great tequila. Casamigos tequila. 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 Brought to you by those who drink it. Make sure you have plenty on hand this weekend. Casamigos Tequila reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to the warm-up program. This was a song about uh, the news or something. Dirty Laundry. It's about how the news likes to report bad things. The great Don Henley. That's why I try not to watch the news, When he went solo. Come on, that's a good. I had something for you, Celio. Now I Dave can't remember. Canales. Oh, real quick though. Oh, all right. This is very helpful. I don't know if other devices have this other thing, but on your uh, Apple phones and your iPads, you can set it up so that, like, when you click on a website article, it goes into reader mode. Yeah. Deletes all. It eliminates all the, Just uh, the words. ads. Oh, yeah. So awesome. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. In the mix, got to have it. Mm. All right. So new Panthers head coach Dave Canales is his name. Uh, he had written a book, he and his wife. Uh, they're now very much into uh, the Lord, uh, which okay. sometimes happens when you go through a very rough patch, as Mr. Dave Canales and his wife did. Born again, correct? Uh, that I'm not I'm not sure if oh. they're born again or if they're just like, let's start paying attention to this now oh, that I'm right, then. addicted to porno and drinking. Which they saw the light. He saw the light. Okay. So I guess he was uh, he was addicted to binge drinking and pornography. Okay. He said this about pornography, which I thought was interesting. Quote, it was like a... People gate- make themselves feel better by watching pornography. That's true, Eddie. <laughs> 
He said, quote, it was like a gateway drug for me, creating pathways in my brain that allowed me to use sex coldly for my own benefit. It was a secret, silent struggle that I had years before I was married. He admitted to cheating on his wife at his bachelor party. Hmm. But they're still together. Even though the mother-in-law, she didn't like him. I mean, you can might understand under- why. <laughs> it's always strange to me when I hear people being addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I believe Josh me. McCown. Yes. Because when you, in your brain, when you think about somebody who's addicted to drinking, you picture them... Uh, drunk uh, at a bar, on the floor, missing work. They, when you picture a person addicted to pornography, you just picture them with their pants down. Right. And, and like, just watching a lot of porn. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a, it, it's, a um, it's a weird thing to try to picture someone being addicted to porn. Like addicted to drugs, I think, of somebody snorting cocaine, right. smoking weed all day, doing crack. You're addicted to pornography. I picture you walking around with your pants down. I don't know about walking around with your pants down. You're just probably spending too much time on it. It's impacting other areas of your life, which obviously in this case, you know, he says using sex coldly for my own benefit. So was freezing out his, I don't know if this was before. He he, said before marriage, but he, but then I guess he was doing it in marriage. Let's watch pornography together. <laughs> yeah, so See, that's, that's a where, rough one to uh, that's a rough one to admit to. Because that's why did you, now you haven't read the book, obviously. No. But when did this come to light with his now wife? Like, did he put all this out there before they got married? Was it a revelation after they got married? Like, what did, I, did they cover that in the lengthy story that you <laughs> might have read? I, I did go through this lengthy. Which story. piece had this lengthy story? Or which uh, uh, website had this lengthy story? Uh, this one, I think, maybe was Pro Football Talk. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I know, I know I'm sure he didn't tell his wife he cheated on her at his bachelor party. I'm sure that came out after the marriage. Yeah. (laughs) But that's a good point. They wrote this book together. (laughs) And even though they knew it was going to be, um, you know, very revealing that they wanted to help other couples who were maybe going, going through this sort of thing. The Charlotte Observer. Yeah. And Pro Football Talk might've just pulled out, pulled out of there. I just. Yeah, a secret life. Or maybe talk actually, about his marriage, and I tried to go to their website to read it, and you need a subscription, so I can't do that. a subscription to the Dave Canales website, the Charlotte Observer. Oh, I see. Yes, which I, I'm I, an athletic I guess, subscriber. I don't think I can pull the trigger on the Charlotte Observer. No, I guess that, those pop up ads aren't paying the bills. But wait, now see, I just tried it three times, and on the third time, the pop up thing stopped, so, and now yeah, I can read it. They're like, he really <laughs> wants to read. Yeah, this. right. <laughs> Let give the kid the article; he wants to read it. This marriage, the question that changed everything. Yeah. Published September 2022. Hmm. Now, I am happy for him because if he does have this uh, addiction to pornography that he's hopefully cured, he was in Tampa? I got news for you. <laughs> I lived in Tampa. Yeah. There's porno and uh, strip clubs yeah. everywhere. You can find that in almost any yeah, but this was major like, city. This was crazy, and it was all... All over, like near where the Bucks facility is, where the Bucks stadium is, uh-huh. the Mons Venus, the creme de la creme of strip clubs. The Mons Venus. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it still is the creme okay. de la creme, but it was at one point. Admits to having had multiple affairs earlier in life. Yeah. Portion of the book concerns his sexual infidelity and how the couple worked their way through it, partly through counseling, which they advocate and eventually found their way back to a Christian based. All right, marriage. good for them. Hmm. So, yeah, so better to be in the Carolinas than Tampa. I would agree Tampa with that. Tampa is like Sin City. That's like you can't go be a coach at the Raiders. 
if you've got addiction issues because Las Vegas is trouble. You know what I'm saying, CeeLo? Yes, I do. We're all going to Las Vegas. Well, you're not. No. But Eddie and I. Peter Schwartz is, though. Peter Schwartz is. <laughs> uh, not with this program, but uh, and different. Jerry recommended yesterday that maybe Gio and Schwartz go check out the Golden Knights is what he meant to say. <laughs> the Golden Knights, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's, it's very dangerous where, where you live. Sometimes your addictions and where you're living can affect each other. Like, you you can't have addictions, I think, if you are living in or around Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, uh, it would seem that's a tough just one. Further challenge, what yeah, you're further challenge. dealing with. Yes, this is interesting. Uh, the Canales family. The, well, just the whole dynamics of this Charlotte Observer writing this story about this book. Yeah, but he, they haven't spoken to him yet. Okay, he's not yet spoken to the Charlotte area media, so not just the Observer. And the Panthers wouldn't grant my the author wrote my the author wrote my wouldn't yeah. grant my request to make him available to comment on the story. My understanding, however, is that the Panthers were fully aware of the book and its contents. Yes. I mean, I would hope so. God, yes. they vet these guys. You got to know what's going on. Man, I would. Mm. I'd be like, my. I'm going to go to that press conference. You glad to be out of Tampa, where Mon <laughs> Venus strip clubs left and right, the Dollhouse. I mean, there were so many strip clubs around there. Agreed, but I don't think he was there. I mean, pull. I think I want to say he, he came from that Seattle. Yeah, he was in Tampa one year. Oh, okay. He came from Seattle. I forget who. There was some sort of connection. All right, now he's in. Now he's a Panthers. Credited with assisting in the resurgence of Geno Smith's uh, comeback yes. player of the year. How, How about, about that? that? How, How about, about that? that? In other news, the Seahawks, as you mentioned, uh, have hired someone named Mike McDonald as their head coach. So we've got, just to be clear now, <laughs> yeah, we've got Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins. McDaniel, We right. had Josh McDaniels, who's currently out of work. Correct. Now we have Mike McDonald. MacDonald. Yeah, Mac- McDonald. MacDonald? This is spelled M-A-C, MacDonald. You think it's pronounced MacDonald? Yeah, I would say MacDonald. Really? Seahawks hire Mike MacDonald as head coach. He was the Ravens' defensive coordinator. Mm. Now, he is very young, 36. Now becomes the youngest head coach in the league. Oh, is that right? Yes. Pete Carroll was 72. Yeah. Can Pete Carroll lawsuit these guys for ageism? I'm sure he Age can. discrimination? I'm sure he can. I mean, every, anyone can lawsuit anybody. I get him Michael the Bulls phone. Did you number. watch the, the I watching this show that's I think long since over now. It's called Louder Milk with the guy from Office Space it's on Netflix. Like I, a three I season see thing. it as I'm scrolling. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Louder so Milk. I was just so watching out. this episode where you know guys he's at a he's at lunch. Guys choking. He's sitting there at lunch with an ER doctor, and the ER doctor like won't doesn't get up to help the guy. He's like he's choking. So he gets yeah. up, gives him the Heimlich, basically saves the guy's life. A couple days later, lawyer shows up. You're being sued. You you broke his rib. For you know, Heimlich when, when and, he, and he didn't really need it technically. Wow. Yeah, okay, right. I know it's a TV show, but that's, that's what happens in today's world. Right. So of course, Pete Carroll could file a lawsuit. Whether or not he'd actually get anything out of it, I have no idea. That's a tough one to prove. <clears throat> Which the rib or the no age the thing? A- oh, okay. age thing? <laughs> like yeah, we fired you because you're old and out of touch. Right. Plus they also tried the whole hey, we'd love for you to stay on as an advisor. Yeah. So like they didn't just fire him and say get the hell out of here. Get out. They tried to transition him into a different type role. Yeah. Mm. It didn't work. Has a great relationship with the GM, John yeah. Schneider. I don't know about ownership. Hmm. Mm. But I feel like age does take you out of some jobs and that should be okay. Uh, eventually. Yeah. Right? I I uh, You don't know, Cela. Like Should I can't it be, be okay. I yeah. don't know. Everyone gets to retirement at some point, I guess. Or not these. <laughs> <guys>. <laughs>
Not these announcers, CeeLo. You know how many old announcers we got around yeah, a around lot of, a uh, lot of sports? Them. Yep. We I talk, move talk over about for the next I'm yeah. Boomer Esiason. No, they don't. <laughs> the next they generation. Don't they don't move over. Some of these announcers have kids. We got to get them the jobs. Like uh, Noah Eagle needs a job. No, Whatever no, Chris Collinsworth. Noah Eagle doesn't need a job. He's doing just fine. <laughs> Whatever Chris Collinsworth's kid's name is. Jack. Jack. Yeah. I mean, we got kids. Jerry's got kids. Yes, he you does. You have children that yes. want to be in broadcasting. No. No. They need these jobs, CeeLo. Definitely not. They imagine don't want to be in broadcasting. To, imagine me trying to sell that to them. <laughs> God. Uh, if you want to work in a business where you'll never be full-time, <laughs> go for it. I'm trying to think if there was a time when, I was, when, when my dad, I had to have at some point the conversation with my dad when I told him, well, I kind of like Howard Stern. I would yeah. like to do something like that. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? Ah, <laughs> uh, just like Costanza sitting down with Seinfeld to yeah. talk about. I like I like sports. I'm going to be like the general manager of a baseball team. I make good comments yeah, on right. the game. You do. You do make the comments. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break uh, so we have a moment on the other side. And then uh, Jerry and Gio will be here. And O's the Mentalist is coming I in at 8 o'clock. I'm That's very much looking awesome. forward to that. But first, a, a sports minute. Yeah, Eddie Eddie wrote that you have a 10% chance. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would say less than less one. Less than 1%. If I gave you 100 chances, I'm not certain that you'd get, get right. it a I, single I'm, time. I don't even have a guess then. That's, Let's just that's roll boring. it. Let's just roll it. All right. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Oh, just another minute or so with uh, CeeLo and then Gio and Jerry will be here. CeeLo, the Mets have uh, put out their uh, promotional schedule where they tell you the giveaways. Yeah. Not a lot stood out to me. There's a Hawaiian shirt night. Yeah. Seems interesting. Like um, when I was grow- growing up and wanting to be in radio, wacky DJs wore Hawaiian shirts. That was like how you knew you were like the edgy. cool. Yeah, like the cool edgy DJ. Okay. You'd wear a wacky Hawaiian shirt like uh, the guy in Philadelphia, John DeBella. He was a Hawaiian mm. shirt. You do Hawaiian shirt Fridays and encourage your listeners yeah, to wear. Yeah, a big Hawaiian shirt guy, <laughs> Andy Reid. Oh, Andy Reid does big love time. a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, he does. Probably get off the plane in Vegas Sunday or Monday wearing one. Yeah, and then there's something called the uh, Francisco Lindor streetwear bobblehead. Streetwear? Streetwear. So not in his Mets regalia. Correct. Okay. I wonder what That's it'll different. be in. I would imagine he'll be in on deciding what sort of clothing what he'll street be wearing. Wear. Yeah. Cool jeans. I'd have him dressed like me, a hoodie with jeans. <laughs> what about the Francisco Lindor, how Al dresses for work bobblehead doll? <laughs> we put Lindor in the Al Dukes attire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, just okay. jeans. The beanie. <laughs> the beanie, the same beanie, a hoodie. Yeah. Yeah, I would get that. Great. And the Mets also, people very excited to see, though, uh, their afternoon games in the first half of the season, their Saturday afternoon yes. games, home ones. Well, Saturday games, period. No night games, all after all day 140. games. 140. Yes, and then 410 after June 1st. Yes, the rest that's of the right. Way. Yeah. That's pretty good. They said better for families and big groups. You've got a family, CeeLo. Yeah. I don't know what that's like, but you do. <laughs> Would you be more apt to go to a 140 game As than a 4 like o'clock? A well, like a 4 o'clock. Uh, I don't, uh, neither of those would matter. Yeah. I'd be fine. On a Saturday, yeah. I mean, the problem with that, is, I mean, they're going to have activities and stuff. They're going to be playing sports themselves Saturday. In oh, the your children? Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's Jerry saying? I don't know. I want him to I put said, his... no, you meant his wife with the activities <laughs> playing sports. 
She's on a recreational volleyball team <laughs> every exactly. Saturday at noon. <laughs> she can't take the kids then if that's She's the got case. A busy schedule Saturdays, Al. Oh man! So I can take the kids, just the th- me yeah. and the boys, to the ball game because my wife's on the volleyball court on Saturdays. I'm not one to go to baseball. Might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one to go to baseball games, but if I had to go, 140 on a Saturday. Oh, well, yeah, we know 100%. you're not going to night games. No, unless someone away. drags you there, like Boomer. No. I'm not getting on. First of all, I'm not. No, I guess I would have to drive to Queens. You are oh. not going to a 140 game no. either, unless it's the Lakewood Blue Claws yeah. and you have an Uber driver. I got news for you. I don't even go into these. You go, go, you know, any, going anywhere other than Madison Square Garden or MetLife Stadium from New Jersey is just misery. Yeah, it's tough. Barclays Center, uh, City Field, Yankee Stadium. Even I mean, it's just it's a nightmare. I remember I used to go to a, I, a couple times. I went with the seven line. What was I nuts? <laughs> No, no, I was, I was really looking, mixing it up back in the day. I was looking for dates. I had no date action going <laughs> on. Is that how you ended up with the dates of my wedding, by the way? Yeah. There you go. That's correct. She was a seven-liner or is a seven-liner. Seven-liner, yeah. yeah. The seven-liners, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tried to get in the mix over there. The Mets do have some very pretty uh, fans. Okay. Like... Th- <laughs> He's dying here. No, this is no, like no. the longest last segment no, we've ever not, had on the world show. I'm just saying, <laughs> there are a lot of good WFAN-FM HD1, New York, always live on the free Odyssey app.